Okay, welcome to Flip the Script Podcast. All right, so today I'm going to be covering the battle of Operation Detachment, also known as the Battle of Iwo Jima. Now, Iwo Jima is an iconic battle. Many of you have heard it before. Some of you may have not. If you haven't heard of it, you probably have seen the photo of the five Marines and the one Navy corpsman raising a flag over Mount Sarabachi. That is iconic photo from World War II. Now, that is where that photo was taken was on Iwo Jima. Now, Iwo Jima doesn't have the same fanfare that D-Day of Normandy does. However, what many people don't understand is that the Marine Corps all throughout the Pacific Islands were conducting their own D-Days on a regular basis. They were going through Saipan. They were storming the beaches of Guam all throughout the Japanese-held islands in the Pacific. Iwo Jima was no different. D-Day in Normandy happened a year before Iwo Jima. Everybody knows D-Day. When you think of World War II, you think of D-Day, of them storming the beaches. You think of the movie Saving Private Ryan. Iwo Jima has some movies made about it. Most notably, we have Flags of Our Fathers. And then you have a movie from a Japanese perspective called Letters from Iwo Jima. Those are the most notable movies about this battle. But there are many things that people still don't understand about this battle. For one, this was the battle where Admiral Nimitz is quoted to have said, uncommon valor was a common virtue. This battle, there was more American casualties than there was Japanese, even though the Americans won. However, to put this in perspective, there was 25,000 dead and wounded on the American side. Now, I'm going to say that again, dead and wounded total. However, on the Japanese side, there was 21,000 dead. The Japanese total fighting force was a little bit over 21,000. There were, give or take, about 250 Japanese soldiers that survived. The Marine Corps completely annihilated the Japanese entire fighting force in this battle. They did what Marines do. They go in and they destroy the enemy. There was a lot of obstacles, a lot of hurdles that went into this battle. One of them is that it was canceled twice. Iwo Jima is an island about 660 miles from Tokyo. It's the shape of a pork chop when you look at it from an airplane. Now, the Marines were engaged in heavy combat throughout the Pacific, fighting against Japanese troops in islands, like I mentioned before, in Guam, Saipan, and Tarawa. Now, the Japanese fighting force, they were true warriors. They really believed in the samurai code of Bushido, and they felt that surrender would dishonor themselves, their family, and their emperor. So Japanese were not into surrendering under any circumstances. The Japanese general, I'm going to butcher his name, I'll try the best I can, Adamachi. It's probably not even close to how you're supposed to say that. Anyway, he was a sixth generation samurai and he was leading the, the Japanese forces on Iwo Jima. Now for six months, the Japanese were burrowing themselves into Iwo Jima, making interconnected tunnels that were connected to three main defensive fighting positions. And all they were all connected, not to mention the hundreds of machine guns nests, artillery encampments, which were all about flush to the ground. If you were looking at the island from, let's say, the sea, you would not be able to see any of them. Aerial recon was able to identify about 700 encampments. That number came out to be about 30% too low. And not to mention the caves that were on the island and the hundreds of machine gun and artillery encampments. The Japanese had about 13,000 yards of tunnels connecting all of their encampments and defensive battle positions. The Marine Corps had asked for about nine days of bombing of the island prior to their assault on the beach, but they were actually only given three days, which left hundreds of fortified encampments still surviving those shellings. At the same time, there was a internal battle on whether the Marine Corps should try to take the island of Iwo Jima to begin with. There were other islands that 
were less fortified that would have provided the same or similar strategic and tactical benefit. Ultimately, the decision was to take this island. So the preparation for this assault was the most complex to date. It was more complex than D-Day in Normandy. Admiral Chester Nimitz would put together a multi-division Navy and Marine Corps task force to take the Bonin Islands prior to the assault on Iwo Jima. After those islands were taken, the task force decided to keep moving, pressing on towards Japan, and then they took Okinawa prior to landing on Iwo Jima. So the naval support for this consisted of 497 ships, including four command ships, eight battleships, 12 aircraft carriers, 43 amphibious transporters, 63 LSTs, and 31 LSMs. So the Marines' landing force that would assault the beach consisted of three out of the six divisions of the entire Marine Corps. So half the Marine Corps was assaulting this island. And those were the 3rd, 4th, and the 5th Divisions. For the 4th Marine Division, this would be their fourth assault within 13 months. They were definitely getting after it. From a logistical effort, what was required to accomplish this mission and to bring three Marine Corps divisions on shore in Iwo Jima was greater than what they needed in D-Day. The Marines rehearsed this over and over again in Guam and in Hawaii prior to making their way towards Iwo Jima. So this is where we're going to leave off for this first part of the Battle of the Detachment, Iwo Jima, and Flip the Script podcast. To finish the rest of the story and the rest of the battle over the next series of podcasts, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any updates. Hit that like button, hit that share button, share this podcast, help get it out. Let's flip the script podcast out.